Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Christine Blackburn. And Christine's here. And we got a, a great topic today. I know. Cover songs. Cover songs, which is like just just diving headfirst into a bowl of candy. It, um, and if you do headfirst into a bowl of candy, what would you come up with? What would be your candy of choice? Skittles. Sk- I like Skittles. Um, and if you're talking about a bar, I go old school, Three Musketeers. I like a hundred grand. I like the crispy and the caramel and the chocolate. You know, it used to be called a hundred thousand dollar bar, grand, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? A hundred thousand dollar bar. I bar. Think. And yeah. I love that too because it has the crisp, which mm-hmm. I really enjoy that flavor. And then the chewy, so it lasts I know, longer. So there's like a caramel and there's a crisp and there's two of them in there. Yeah. So it takes some time. Yes. And if you're going to go for two furs, let's talk about the Mellow Cup. <laughs> the Mallow Cup, which is from our home state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> the Keystone State. Like, I was just there in the summer, and to drive around and see, like, a billboard for Mallow Cup was crazy. <laughs> it was. It was <laughs> Do you crazy. remember? You used to um, collect the little collect cards, cards, and they had point value. Yes. Five was low, 10, 50, 50 was high. Yeah, and then you would save up enough, and you could get free Mallow and Cups. And then you'd get free stuff. Okay, we sound like we're a thousand years it's old. like we're brother and sister. <laughs> I tell this story about uh, downtown. I'm from a small town, Hollidaysburg, and downtown there was a barber shop, like okay. with a barber pole, and it was just like Andy Griffith. Yeah. And they had a soda machine in the back that it was, uh, it was bottles, and you would put, I think it was a dime, I swear to God, and you would pull the bottle out. Yes. Oh, I know that. And of then you course. would take, and then you had to drink it there, though, because you had to yeah, give the bottle back. It was a to recyclable them. bottle, yes. and you needed to return that. Yep. That, uh, that machine also could cut a man. <laughs> Good. There was like a metal sharpness yes, to it. Yeah. It reminds me of like the children's toys with a, with a monkey and a circus. I bet that machine weighed a thousand pounds more than a thousand it was it was it was insane but yet we would still try to mm-hmm. get extra change yep. out of it yep. or put our hand up in there yep. we had nothing to do <laughs> no we had nothing we to do we weren't on our phones and we didn't have games we had very yeah. little uh, stimulus i made videos when i was home and i put them on facebook of just the hometown because it's very quaint it's a great place to grow up but there was like no one around. It was like a zombie apocalypse when I was there. Like I would just, I went out, I went out uh, to the, uh, in front of my parents' house in the middle of the afternoon and there was no one, no one in their yards, no one on yeah. the porches, no cars were coming up yeah. and down. Yeah. And it was insane. It's like when you go back east, because mm-hmm. I was back in Pittsburgh in, in April, sometimes it's like a hydrogen bomb <laughs> went off. And so there is, everything is remained, you know, all the buildings yes, stay. Yes, everything's intact. But everyone is dead. And so yeah. you're almost in a Stephen King situation, like in The Stand. Now, are you, are you the only person in your immediate family that is... Has moved away. Of course. Me too. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm the black sheep. Me too. And they're and they're kind of mad about it. 
Well, I, my family isn't as much, except for the fact that they never come out and see me. N- me neither. They've been out a minimal amount of time. Minimal. minimal. Like, I think my parents have been here twice, and I've been here 24 years. Yeah, exactly. I've been here 22 years. Same thing. Nobody ever comes. Yeah. And that's sort of frustrating, because most of them back there, they have dispensable, is that the word, dispensable incomes? Yeah. They have pretty good income. And, and, and we don't. And, and I don't. And there's so much more to do out here. So yes. I feel like... Why wouldn't you, it's yeah. a vacation to come here. Yeah. When I go back to Pittsburgh, that's not a vacation. No. It's an obligation. Yes. And it's a pain in the ass. Yep. And I usually, I mean, at, I always. At least had, you can fly direct from here to Pittsburgh. No, well, you know what? That's funny you should say that. You can, however, only on Spirit Airlines. And by principle, I will not do that. Yeah. I will not do that. I have, yeah. uh, I have like morals and ethics and standards. <laughs> and if you fly on that airline, you can't expect to be treated any better right. than cattle. Exactly. I won't do that to myself. So my point is, no, if you go to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania from L.A., you are going through Chicago, Cleveland, Philly, whatever. Well, you're, you're right, because the last time when we did it this summer, we, yeah, we, we went through to Phoenix and then on to Pittsburgh. Yeah, there's all, yeah. And once I hit Pittsburgh, I got to drive it two and a half hours to my hometown. It's unbelievable. So it's like, it's, it's a day You want to hear something there. really crazy? You can't fly from Pitt to Philly anymore. That's insane. There are not flights Pitt to Philly. How? I don't know. So what do you got to do? Take you got to go through DC. Train? No, you go through DC or you go through New York. That's crazy. When I, I used to be a flight attendant like a thousand years mm-hmm. ago. And when I was a flight attendant, we did Pitt Philly hot breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 42 minutes, and we're fl- flinging it out, you know? Uh, eggs, pancakes, mm-hmm. eggs, pancakes, and we're fl- flinging it out. I love the airplane food when oh it was like that. Oh, my gosh. And these little things, and what yeah. we would do is there would be a stack of 12 meals, mm-hmm. and it would come, they'd be stacked with this plastic bag over it, yep. and then on top there was a black strap that would always break your fingernails. And as soon as you broke <laughs> that strap, then we were taught that the heat is escaping, yeah. bacteria is forming, and you got to get that food out. Like oh, my God. Now. Like now, there was like this impetus to get the food consumed before it turned. Wow. How long were you a flight attendant? Seven years, over seven years. Did you enjoy that? I did. It was a great job in Mm -hmm. my 20s. It was a great job. Uh, Super, you know, as long as you take care of, uh, take advantage of the benefits and stuff like that. But then after a while, it's so repetitive. Yeah. You know, and it gets uh, really monotonous and boring and you can't move up in the company because it's a seniority based system. Okay. So it doesn't matter how good of a flight attendant you are. You will not be treated better than somebody one day ahead of you. Wow. Yeah. It's a compet, not competitive. It's just, um, it's a machine. It's a blue collar job. Mm. I'll say that. Don't you move up from flight attendant to pilot? Isn't yeah, that how it goes? Actually that is how it works. <laughs> well, first you become a flight engineer. Yeah. Then you become a mechanic. Okay. And then you start flying Excellent. the 737 so. Max. That's yeah. What that's what happens. That's what I thought. Um, so yeah, it's the, it, that's the same thing with, uh, it's not a vacation to go back to Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm sorry to anyone who lives there, but, um, so my youngest loves to go back. Yeah. So her and I go like the whole family doesn't go. That's never going to happen. Yeah. Four of us, we're going to leave sunny California and to go to expensive and you don't know, you don't know what the weather's going to be. Right. Right. You can get there. It could rain all week. You can't count on anything. You can't. If you have a show, it's different. Like I always try to schedule a show around my visit yes. and then that makes it, that adds up. Yeah. Because then you can make a little money and offset the uh, yeah offset li- the cost of the trip a little anyway. Write yeah. it off. You can write it off too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good. All that. Uh, you and I saw the Chrissy Hines show at the Hollywood Bowl it, yes, last week, we two did. weeks ago, two weeks ago, two Saturdays ago. Yes. And by the way, I have to apologize. Um, I threw my back out. 
Oh no. So bad that I couldn't even, I just, I stood up and I don't need, if you would have seen me stand up, you would have been horrified because it was like I was 90 years old. I could barely stand up. All right. Let me break it down for the audience. Uh, we're at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. I text Pat. He yes. tells me where his seats are yeah. and they're lower than mine. So I walk down toward Ter- him in a terrace box. and they're terrace boxes. Exactly. Yeah. And so I say to the ticket girl who's checking tickets, you know, yeah. uh, which, which is whatever seat yeah. that is. And she points down and I text you and you wave at me yeah. and all I'm looking at you like, well, come on up, say hi, let's have a beer. Up. And you didn't. And I thought like, what a dick terrace, you know, motherfucker. Yeah. What a what prick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show you exactly how I, now I wish you would have seen me up. Here's exactly how I had to, after sitting at the, for the show for the two hours, here's how I got up and I'm not killing, kidding. What's going on, man? I'll tell you in a minute. I have to stand up first. And wow. I would, then I would lock like this. You're so old. And what Pilar, happened? And Pilar's like, are you okay? I'm like, I just, hold on. And then I had to like, like this. I mean, wow. that is how I'm that, surprised of course, this is good radio. This is good radio I'm for people. I'm surprised you even went to the show. Um, well, I knew I had good seats. You did. And Pilar rare, doesn't really like concerts, but this was perfect for her. She loves Chrissy Hind, jazz standard, standards, orchestra. Yeah. Fourth uh, of July weekend. Actually, Beautiful I'll tell week. you a quick story. I, I get contacted that I have tickets. So I go into Pilar and I go, hey, I got tickets for Saturday night to see Chrissy Hind. It's, it's Hollywood Bowl, you know, it's orchestra, probably pretty good seats. Do you want to go? And she goes, mm, no, nah, you, you can, you can call, you know, one of your friends and go. Yeah. So then I called Chip Chinnery. Yeah. And I guess when I'm talking to Chip, I'm really selling it. I'm like, it's going to be a terrace box. It's going to be, you know, and I'm just well, going on and true. on. I'm going on and on and on and on and on. And I hang up the phone and Pilar's face is just like, she's like, she's like, well, you didn't I sell go. it to yeah, me I like see, that. I, I go, see. she goes, I do want to go to that. So Aww. I said, so I said, okay, well, you have to call Chip and tell him. <laughs> so it was literally, it was literally a minute after that. Did you like the show? Tell me what you thought. I loved the show. Yeah. I, um, uh, I'm not a big standards person, but I love her voice so much. I know. And she was really, I thought she was really n- nailing it for the she most part. She seemed really happy. She seemed, she did. this was the, actually the first, uh, tour leg of that tour. Yeah. And so this was brand new to her and she'd never played the Hollywood bowl. Yeah. So this is all very new to her. Yeah. It was not sold out. It was not sold out. Um, there were seats available. There was a terrace box that was completely empty. That makes me sick to my stomach. I know it's terrible. That they should move sick. people down. They really should. Because if I was the artist, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, if people are up there, I can't see that, but yeah, move people down. Well, it's just like stand up. I mean, fill it up, man. Fill it up. Yeah. Just randomly go, are you four together? Yeah. Come on down. I got a better seat for you. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I'm going to write to the Hollywood Bowl. I'm going to tell him that. I'm so mad. And when I say this, you're going to be mad that I'm saying this. I should have walked up to you and given you our two tickets. Yeah, you should have. And then you could have walked down yeah. and just plopped in that box. Damn it. You should have. I've done But that I couldn't before. walk up. I couldn't even stand. <laughs> you weren't walking. No, it was terrible. I'm so sorry. That sucks, man. Well, I really liked the show. Um, I, I was with a, a friend of mine. We, we picnicked beforehand mm-hmm. at the very top, yep. which I always enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, just it's always a great night. You got to carve out six hours. I'll say that. But the Hollywood Bowl is always yeah. a beautiful summer treat. And how did you shuttle over there? That night we parked at Hollywood and Highland and walked up. No, I took the bus up okay. and then walked down. Yeah. Yeah, the bus is only six bucks. Okay. So you just take that up and then it drops you right off. It's not and an th- easy venue to get 
into, it's not the easiest. Well, you just have to, like I said, I, I don't think it's hard. You just have to make the time. And, you know, right. I've been told that there's 4,900 parking spaces around the Hollywood Bowl, and the Hollywood Bowl holds 18,000. Wow. Therein lies the problem. Yeah. So there are a lot of drop-off points. Yes. And it's better than the stack parking, in my opinion. Yeah, I was at the Greek theater last night. We were stacked, but we were like right oh, in the front. So what'd we you got see? Steve Martin and Martin Short. Oh, man, are you kidding me? <laughs> was it sold out? Um, for the most part, yeah. I'd say 99%, yeah, it was wow. sold out. Yeah. I bet it was amazing. It was pretty great, yeah. Did Steve play the banjo? He did, yep. And he had his band, the Steep, well, not his band, but the band he plays was Steep Canyon Rangers yeah, were there. Yeah, sure. And, you know, they had a piano player and they did, it was very, it was vaudeville at times and it was reminiscent at times and story. It was, it was a great show though. Just beautiful, man. Anytime yeah. you go to Hollywood Bowl, mm -hmm. the Greek, you're hitting yep. all the theaters, Dodger Stadium in, in a couple of weeks time. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about and, Southern California, yeah. man. And that was, uh, that was, uh, you know, two weeks in a row where we had a, a date night where we were out at one of these venues and people are like, we got to do these, do this all the time. That's I'm, what life yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, what else, what, what else is there? I'm in like, my opinion, it's my favorite yeah. thing to do. Go out to eat, go to movies, yeah. go to concerts. Yeah. What else? Yeah. Well, stand up. You That's know. why we live out here. Yeah, and a lot of comedy. But I love any live performance. So good. We both love the Chrissy Hines show. We love the Chrissy Hines show. I Don't be mad at me, but I, I, I loved it. I just wanted... I don't know, man. You want a more pretenders. Well, not so much. Like when, so when she did get into some pretenders, yeah. she wasn't doing pretenders. She was doing like Chrissy Hines solo stuff, like um, Don't Get Me Wrong yeah. off the singles album or, right. or the Get yeah. Close album. Yes. And so my point is like, what I wanted to hear was Stand By Me. I wanted to hear, um, um, I wanted to hear um, um, Talk of the Town. Yeah. I just wanted to hear a couple of more stand, you know, rather than the, the, the choices she chose would yeah. not have been my choices. I yeah. would have gone middle of the road. She did do Brass and Pocket, which I love. Yeah. I mean, she did a lot of good yes. stuff. But I guess I wanted a few more of her anthems. Yeah. Even in like 2,000 Miles. Yeah. Or stuff that would have really showed off her vocal yeah. quality in that in that and it was a solo Chrissy Hines show. It was not billed as Pretenders. No, no, I understand. So I understand. Well, but, but the orchestra was with her. And I just yeah. think belting out uh, some of those classic songs of hers in that space would have been really something. Yeah. But anyway, it was great. It's Next always time. good, man. Tickets were 48 bucks. That's pretty, that's, totally that's a fair. bargain. Totally fair. Yes, totally fair. Yeah. It's a bargain for, for the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and then you're wearing your McCartney. I know. Freshen up tour, Paul I McCartney know. shirt. Is that a bootleg shirt or official merchandise? It's a bootleg. That's fine. 10 bucks on the way down the hill. That's fine. I got to tell you, man, that show, Dodger Stadium, Paul McCartney, we had good seats. They were far away, but they were very close to the, the, the level of the mm -hmm. field. And uh, it was just so beautiful and so much quality music packed in. 38 songs he played. Packed in into three hours and he just never stopped. I saw him take one sip of water. One sip of <laughs> water at that? the piano. How is that? That's all I saw him take, I swear to God. Of course, he never left the stage. But he had an IV bag in the whole 77 time. 77 years old. Stop it. 77. <laughs> and when crazy. he brought out Ringo Starr, I swear to God, my eyes just like swelled with tears. Now, those guys know each other from, uh, I'm drawing a blank. And they just start jamming out Helter Skelter, and the video is all red, black, and white, and it is just as loud as you can imagine. And I brought tears to my eyes, and I just had to reach down onto my phone and text my brother because my brother would so appreciate it, you know. And it was like two thirty in the morning in Pittsburgh or whatever, and I'm just like, McCartney just brought on Ringo Starr. And I, the, I mean, the crowd must have gone it. insane. It was insane. I it mean, was insane. People never left their seats, Pat. I swear to God. Looking around Dodger Stadium, 55,000 seats are taken. Everybody is having a good time. There seems to be absolutely no um, d 
discourse in the crowd. You know what I mean? Right, it was right. like so peace and love oriented. Everybody was well behaved. Everybody had their phone out at points. Look, I've got chills. People, everybody cried at some point and nobody left their seat for yeah. the entire show. So he does, he leaves the stage, comes back on for an encore. The encore was 25 minutes long. Wow. And nobody moved. And no one left disappointed either. It was stunning. It really was. I'm just so happy I went because I, uh, the last time he was here five years ago at Dodger Stadium, I did not go to that show. And so this was, I was just thrilled to get there. Well, see, I, and I've still never seen him and Siegel and I were trying to go last minute and he was, he just kept texting me, Hey, I found some sweet seats for a grand. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, just really, really high. Yeah. So I probably just should have got tickets. Um, and they went on sale, sale, but um, that's the key right there. But I mean, the Dodger stadium just, it turns me off I, no. to see a concert. But it's no, not my favorite. No, I know, but not at this scale. I mean, the thing is, is Paul McCartney demands it. He demands it. Well, he needs that space. And this was the last show of the tour, of his I tour. think. Yeah, it was. So. And he was super happy. And then he brought out Joe Walsh. And you know, Joe Walsh and um, Ringo Starr have something in common. Well, yeah, their wives are twins. I know. Isn't that nuts? It's so nuts. So they must like see each other all the time. All the time. What, and this is funny because I I said this, I probably said it on the show a long, long time ago. Um, I always thought that if they were going to, if the traveling Wilburys, like this is before Petty passed, I thought it would be cool if they, if they got together with McCartney and Ringo or, or, um, or, uh, or Joe Walsh and Ringo or uh, I just thought that would be cool because of what the f- the family affair. Yeah, the family affair. Yeah. If, if if they were going to keep a, if they were going to do another Wilburys thing, I was thinking it would be a could, whole tour. Who, who could they replace? The family he, affair tour. Yeah, but um, yeah, Ringo's and uh, Ringo's wife is Catherine Bach, who mm-hmm. is a Bond girl. Sure. And uh, and of course, you know. So his concert's coming up again at the Greek. You know, he uh, Ringo Starr performs every year at the Greek. Yeah, I need to go to that friends. because I it's a blast that. And you've been to that a couple yeah, times. Yeah, I have several times. Yeah, He's need, been doing that for years. Yeah, I need to find. I need to. And need you to. never know who's coming on stage. Like last year, Colin Hay was on stage. I've been there when uh, Todd Rundgren comes on, and uh, it's always it's a party. It's just a party. And again, anytime you get a Beatle involved, it's a love fest. It's a party. It's a love fest too. I'm just saying there's no everybody loves the the musician the same way. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. That was great, it's good. man. It I'm was glad great. you liked it. Yeah. And the bootleg shirts are you, how can you not get a bootleg shirt? It looks as good as the shirts that they're selling Especially for. Especially when 50 I'm gonna bucks. take it and I'm gonna cut off the cut sleeves, sleeves anyway. Off. Yep. I'm all, I'm all, I'm gonna alter it anyway. Yeah. So and you but, did. But yet the line for merchandise at the at the McCartney mm-hmm. concert was unbelievable. I was looking in line. I'm just like, you guys, you know how much this stuff costs, yeah, right? Yeah. Like the line was all over the place. It's, people it, buy anything. They really I, I don't know where these people are getting this money. I don't know, man. Where are they getting this sweet money to throw around on you know what I mean? <laughs> where are they getting that sweet, sweet I'm, cash? I'm all about I'm all about f- free. But uh okay, before we get into the topic. I just need to, uh, I got a rock solid recommendation. Uh, it's a new uh, DVD CD that was released. It's uh, on Eagle Rock uh, Entertainment. It's Carol King Live at oh. the Montreux Jazz Fest, 1973. Oh, yeah. And it is oh, yeah. stellar. Oh, I can't imagine. And uh, it's, I mean, she's Forget super young still. Yeah. And uh, she's still great. I mean, I saw she's her. still, her voice holds yeah, up, of course. still great. But uh, this is really cool, and I highly yeah. recommend it. I bet. And, um... My friend Carol Kay from Chaos Productions. I told her I would mention this. That's and really I'm doing cool, it for man. You, Carol. I look forward to hearing and, uh, it. And Kiss fans, Kiss fans, I want you to, I want you to know. Uh, sorry about this, Carol, but I have to drop this out there. Carol Kay, back in the day, 
dated Paul Stanley from Kiss. Get out of here. And Kiss wrote, uh, and Paul Stanley wrote the song Hold Me, Touch Me Wow. for Carol Kay. Wow. So how Good information. But she's, Good uh, information. she's wonderful. I love her. And, uh, who and, was uh, the, who was Peter Chris's Beth? Who was that? Um, his, um, I'm probably going to get the story wrong, but he dated someone named, uh, Rebecca or Becky. So he, he brought to them, uh, it wasn't Beth. He brought Beck. Uh huh. And they were like, what? Gene was Beck, like, what's yeah. that about Jeff yeah. Beck? What is this? Yeah. We can't. And they just basically t- t- just told him Beth. it would be Beth. And so he's like, what's he going to do? That's the funniest thing because it's not a common name anyway. Yeah. But I used to be a Kiss fan, 1978. I was a big Kiss fan. <laughs> mainly, Everyone was a Kiss fan at one time. Yeah, mainly because the boy I liked was a Kiss fan. There Therefore, you go. I was a Kiss fan. And then yep. Kiss Alive 2 came out, and I lost my mind. And then those solo albums came out with their faces on the vinyl. I and I thought, this There's is crazy. something hypnotic about those album covers. Crazy. I still remember them vividly. Love Gun, <laughs> forget about it. Uh, okay, here we go. Cover songs. I'm trying to figure out what uh, Christine and I would do for our next topic. And... Did you come up with cover songs? No, you did. I oh, did. But we were talking about it because we were talking about how many songs share the same, you know, the, the same singers sing yes, yes, yes. S- yeah. similar songs or the same song. So uh, I love this topic. I love this topic. There was a time in my life where I didn't believe in cover songs. I thought it wasn't right that somebody was yeah. covering somebody else's I agree art. with you. Yeah, no, but not anymore. Now I feel like you are celebrating that artist to, you know, to do a copy of their song or mm-hmm. to do a version of their song. And I just feel like it's... Um, it's a tribute to them. And so many people putting their own spin on it, their own flair, it just makes it, 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 it renews it. It gives it more life. What if, they, life. what if they don't do that? What if they just do we it straight up? Then we don't hear about it. All right. You don't, and you don't, I'm, I'm trying to think, I might have a couple that might be straight up. Well, you're wrong. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just saying, no, I don't care if it's straight up. Well, I no. sort of care. It I should be, you should make it your own a little bit. Of course. All right, so what do you got for us? I'm letting oh. you first. Okay, well, let's just kick it right off. I thought we would do something like kind of loud and fun. Uh, and that would go, um, and for me, that would be Walk This Way, uh, which was, of course, originally um, recorded and written by Aerosmith in 1977. And then Run DMC comes out. They do it in 1986 on their Raising Hell album. And uh, if, I, if I may, I think this is called Rap Rock. I think it's called Rap Rock. And this, uh, this is a big comeback for Aerosmith because they were, they were kind of... Not doing well at this point, eighty six. So. That's right. and they were also they were on a lot of drugs, as yes, I they were. as I understand earlier in the eighties, and so this kind of like uh, put them back up. So here we go. Walk this way. might think that's straight up yeah but it's but it's not but it's, it's just exciting it's yeah. fun and it adds just enough just enough of a hip-hop feeling or a rap feeling to just really bring it to life that was kind of a nice cry because like uh rockers who might not have liked rap 
And rap fans who didn't like rock, that was a nice way to it's a subgenre. Get everyone together, yeah. Yeah, it's so. a subgenre, and I love all that. I I remember uh, really liking a lot a lot of Eminem songs where he would he would who would Eminem. Um, do do there would be some cover songs that were really blended beautifully with him. I can't think. I, my either. knowledge of the Eminem is not great, <laughs> unless it's the candy that I eat at the movies, <laughs> which is also also yes. very tasty. All right, now I have a cover from 2019. Oh wow, brand new! It's from a band called the Hollywood Vampires. Okay, that's it's Joe Perry. Yeah, yeah. It's Alice Cooper. So this is right in line. Well, maybe. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a cover of the Jim Carroll band song "People Who Died." Mm. I'm not going to tell you who's on lead vocal though till after it's over. I'll guess. But it's not Joe Perry and it's not Alice Cooper. Okay. It's the third member of the band. Okay. I don't think you'll guess. Let's try. Now that is a straight up cover. They're not doing anything different with that. It's fun, man. It's yeah. super fun. I have no idea who it is. Tell me. That's Johnny Depp. Darn it. <laughs> Really? That's Johnny Depp. Wow. And when do you think they've recorded that? Uh, well, they, they have a whole album out right now. It's it 2019. 2019. I'm glad to hear that because I worry about Johnny Depp. I do. <laughs> Alice Cooper says he's fine. Like, I guess. Well, there's but look, been, that, look at the source there. I yeah, mean, but I mean, Alice is a Christian and he's been clean and sober for like 35 years now. And he yeah. says anything you read about Johnny Depp isn't anything that he sees when he's with Johnny I hope Depp. so. I hope that's true. Yeah. Because I hear about a lot of um, loneliness and alcoholism. Yeah, like $60,000 bottles of wine and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and him paying everybody that's around him, he pays, you know. Anyway, yeah. it was a great choice of song, and I'm glad he's uh, out there doing his craft. I, I mean, just, that's a new craft for him. I was just, I, I just purchased this album like uh, two or three weeks ago, and I was like, oh, there's some covers on here. There's yeah. a cover of Heroes by David Bowie on there, too. Nice. That Johnny sings. Wow, so, all right. Yeah. Well, good for him. And so it's essentially his band, Hollywood Vampire. It's 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 the three of them. It's okay. Joe Perry, Alice Cooper, and and Johnny. They they trade lead vocals. Well, that's Mo- exciting. Most of the vocals are done by Alice. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. I like it. All right, what do you got next? Okay, so this is just a beautiful song that everybody loves, and another great example of um, that that kind of, in my opinion, kind of that subgenre again of you know merging two type two styles of music, and it's the uh, the Fugees singing the uh, classic Roberta Flack song that she uh, sang in 1973. There's a whole backstory to this song, which I think is actually pretty flippin' fascinating, but maybe we should listen to it first. Okay. This rose, I got my girl L. One time, one time, 
Hey, yo, Al, you know you got the lyrics. I heard he sang a good song. I heard he had a style. And so I came to see him and listen for a while. And there he was, this young You can tell me when you want me to fade it down. That's great. I'm so excited you played this particular clip because um, the story I want to tell you, it goes back to Don McLean playing at the Troubadour. Okay. A lot of, a lot of the rock and roll uh, history goes back to the Troubadour. Troubadour yeah. Uh, anyway, Don McLean is playing at the Troubadour in 1971, and there's a young girl in the audience. She's only 20 years old. Her name is Lori Lieberman, and she is watching Don McLean, and she jots down on a napkin... The lyrics, which later, it's actually like a poem, which yeah. later becomes this song. And so she writes down, and there he was, this young boy, a stranger in my eyes. This makes me cry. Um, anyway, and then um, she had a friend, Norman Gimbel, and, and uh, he took her words and he converted them more into song lyrics mm-hmm. and then passed the lyrics on to uh, Charles, uh, Charles Fox, who put them to music. So now we have Roberta Flack, on an airplane, mm-hmm. listening to her headset, and the Lieberman song comes on. It's Lieberman's song. Comes on the in-flight audio program, and Roberta Flack is like, that, I've got to record that. i got to record that, that song. It, she said, Roberta Flack says that the song smacked her in the face, and she immediately pulled out some scratch paper, and she made some musical staves. That's like the notes, right? Mm-hmm, I think so. Yeah, and then um, she just immediately called Quincy, Quincy Jones, and she said, we got to meet this guy, Charles Fox, Charles Fox. And then two days later, they owned the music. And then Roberta Flack takes off with it. And it's just such a, it's such a classic song. I wonder what song Don McLean was singing to, well, to get this emotion from this girl. Probably, you know, American Pie takes two hours to play. So it was yeah. probably that. <laughs> I mean, the odds are, if his set was three songs yeah, long, yeah, yeah. that was probably the one. <laughs> All right, my uh, now my next cover song is also from 2019. Wow! It's from a, it's from a, an album that will be released in a couple weeks. There's a have you ever heard of the the group the Bird and the Bee? No. Okay, the Bird and the Bee is Inara George, who is Lil George's daughter. Okay. Lil George from Little Feet. She was on the show wow. a long time ago. Neat. And her partner in this uh, the Bird and the Bee is Greg Kirsten. Now, Greg Kirsten is a producer, too. He's produced Sia, Kelly Clarkson, The Shins, Pink, Adele, Foo Fighters, Liam Gallagher, and Paul McCartney. Wow. So this is their band, The Bird and the Bee. And they they do original material, but they've done two cover albums. They did a whole cover album, all Hall & Oates covers. Oh, Oh, I want this. Oh, wait. I think I actually, now that you're saying Mm -hmm. this, I might know one of the versions of, of Sarah Smile. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So... The next band that they're going to tackle, they have a whole album coming out. It's all covers by this band. Uh, I'm not even going to, I'm not even, I'm just going to, I'm just going to play it. You'll know the band, but this. I can't wait. This is cool. Good morning, class. I'm your substitute teacher this morning. My name is Mr. Goodbody. 
will be reviewing the text from Moby Dick. So please turn now to page 69. Bad for teacher. Hot for teacher. Hot for teacher. Van oh Halen. Gosh. Oh my god. So they're gosh. doing a whole Van Halen cover album. Wow. And the person who did the the opening, uh, the talking, and they I love that yeah. they went for it. He's Mr. Goodbody. They're reading Moby Dick. Turn to page 69. Yeah. That was Beck. I will oh, that's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. Fun. I will like this cover album, I think, more than Van Halen albums. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I really think I will. I love that. You can uh, you can pre-order this right now on iTunes, I think, for four bucks, the wow. whole album. Wow. So, wow. And the bird and the bee. The bird and bird, the bee. The bird and the bee. And you know that girl's voice, I do recognize it because she definitely has a cover of Sarah Smile. Yeah, and she plays Largo a lot. Stunning. They play yeah. Largo a lot. So. Stunning. All right, moving on. Moving on. Okay, so of course I had to bring in some Neil Young. Uh, a lot of people have covered Neil Young. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorites uh, by Annie Lennox. And this song has actually been in uh, a couple of different shows. It was on The Sopranos, I remember. And... Uh, Neil wrote this, oh gosh, way back when, 1970, on his After the Gold Rush album, and then Annie Lennox does it uh, in 1995 on her Medusa album, which I adored. Such a great album. That album, I still listen to that album. It's so fantastic. And it was also in in American Beauty, if you remember. I don't think Annie Lennox gets enough credit as a vocalist. I think people Uh, forget about her. No way. You don't think? No, I don't. I don't. She's I think she's in amazing. her own class. She's in her own class and she does her own thing and she gets the attention from the public when she wants it, I think. Oh, that's a good that's I like how you said that. Thanks. All right. So this is called Don't Let It Bring You Down. You know, when I was uh, 16 years old, I was a lifeguard in Pittsburgh, where I'm from, um, at this place called Conley's Motor Inn on Route 8. Are you tearing up? Yeah, because... I, I think these headphones you. make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, tell Neil the story. Neil Young makes me cry. Uh, so I, I was listening to a tremendous amount of Neil Young. I mean, I still do, but... Yeah. I was 16 years old. Everybody else is listening to Madonna and whatever. And I am like way into Neil Young. And I would hear this song and I would be lifeguarding and I would Mm -hmm. play it on a loop. It was on a cassette. It was on a cassette after the gold rush. And uh, 
beside me on the chair and nobody was ever swimming. So it was always me in this empty pool and my cassette player and, and eating from the vending machine. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I would listen to the song and you know, I'm like 16. My dad just left. I had like, I was incredibly depressed. Mm-hmm. My brothers and sisters were all went off to college. I'm the youngest of six. I'm alone with my mom. She's depressed. It's just a fucking disaster. And I'm hearing this song over and over and all in my mind at 16, I hear, don't let it bring you down. Mm-hmm. It's only castles burning. And in my mind, 16, I say, you see, Christine, how bad can it be? <laughs> Their castles burning and right. it has nothing to do with you. Right. And I still think that. That's good. What do you then think? Then that was a good thing. What do you think when you think that? Um, when you hear this song, do I, you have any memories like I, that? I don't, I, not of this song, no. But, um, but I'm glad you have that memory. But I mean, I, I know, I'm sure I do have songs that will yeah. bring up stuff. That's what music does. This song also, So this you made know, you feel good. Even though oh, it sounded like a depressing song, this made you feel good. It makes me feel good that other people appreciate it the mm-hmm. way I do. That Annie Lennox appreciates yes. it. That a lot of people appreciate this song. That they've used it in their work. You know, David yeah. Chase used it in The Sopranos. Um, it was also appeared on the 1971 Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young album, Four Way Street. Mm-hmm. You remember the live, live album. album? And Neil Young comes on and he says... And I hear this all the time, too, in my head. He says, here's a new song. It's guaranteed to bring you right down. <laughs> it's, it's called Don't Let It Bring You Down. It sort of starts off real slow and then just fizzles out altogether. <laughs> and everybody busts out laughing. That's funny. Anyway, that song just has um, it holds a special place to me. Kind of Neil Young related is there's a David Crosby uh, documentary coming out in a couple yeah. weeks. Yeah, I read about it that. It looks really good. I really look forward to that. I read a, th- a little thing from David, and he said uh, he said he doesn't talk to any of the guys anymore, but he would definitely work with them if they called. He said, "I just need to make music." He goes, "I'm old. I need to make music right now. Yeah. I can't wait around anymore." Yeah. So he just wants those guys to get off their butts and listen, man. And, and do it. I hear that. I hear yeah. that. As I get older, I don't slow down. Mm-hmm. I see the finish line. Speed up. Right. You know, get in yeah. to get in gear. Uh, all right. So I. Pick this song because I knew you were doing this show with me. This is this is a Neil Young cover also. Oh yay! I don't know where this. I don't know what Neil Young album this is off of. You'll know though. A song called "I Believe in You." Ah, I love this song so much. It's such a sweet song. Also a very old song. I'm gonna say 69, 70, 71. And I don't think you've probably probably never heard this version before. Robin Zander from Cheap Trick. Oh wow! This is from 1993, and this is this is a great song. Now that you found yourself losing your mind, are you here?
<laughs> I love this song so much, but it's so funny. Um, again, back in high school when I was, you know, so crazy to Neil Young, I remember hearing this song like over and over again, mm-hmm. right? And then I was going to do, or I was in the high school musical Little Abner. Okay. Who and, did you play? And uh, I think I was just, I was like always in the chorus. No, on that show, I think it was, I was always in the chorus, man. I was always in the chorus. Yeah, you're I, still up on stage. Whatever. The point is, is I remember in that <laughs> musical, I think it was that musical, maybe it was Oklahoma, whatever. It was one of my high school musicals that there was a song in the libretto called I Believe in You. And I thought, oh my God, we're going to sing a Neil, Neil Young, Young song out of the blue. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought that one time when I saw Winchester Cathedral mm-hmm. on a jukebox, I thought it was going to be Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young singing Winchester Cathedral, that big <laughs> epic song they have. And in yeah. fact, it was like the Charlie Chapman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Womp, 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 yeah. Womp. That's funny. <laughs> You're always looking for some CSNY somewhere. You just, you just, you as you get older... <laughs> Or I I should say the other way around. When you're young, I mean, that's how naive I was. When I think how young my daughter is, a Mm 12-year-old, how young your children are, they're so young, they think that there can't be two song titles the same. No, no. They're like, what? That's crazy. I remember hearing Neil Young playing Hey, Hey, My, My, the electric version, and then you flip it over, and he's got the acoustic version, Mm -hmm. My, My, Hey, Hey, and I thought, wait, wait, wait. Wait, what's going on? You can't do this. Mind is blown. (laughs) <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, you're up. What do you got oh for us? Oh my gosh. Okay, classic song that I love so much. Um, originally done by Gloria Gaynor and then revived by Cake. I use it at the end of my one woman show. I love it so much. Uh, Gloria Gaynor did it in 78, and then Cake comes back and does it in 1980. And man, oh man. And which version do you use at the end of your show? It's good, man. Oh, the Cake version. Oh. I, I'm a big Cake fan anyway. Okay, here we go. I will survive. At first I was afraid, I was petrified I kept thinking I could never live without you by my side But then I spent so many nights just thinking how you'd done me wrong I grew strong, I learned how to get along And so you're back from outer space I just walked in to find you here without that look upon your face I should have changed my fucking lock I would have made you leave your key If I'd have known for just one second You'd be back to bother me Oh, now go walk out the door Just turn around Now you're not welcome I've never heard that before You're lying I haven't Not that version fabulous version um, in nine, you know, I gave the wrong date. Cake did this version. I can't remember actually the year they did it. I was saying the year 1980, and what I meant to say about 1980 was that this song won the Grammy Award uh, for Best Disco Recording. Um, Glory Gaines. The original. Yes, the yeah. original. And in uh, Rolling Stone magazine, it makes one of the greatest songs of all time in the top 500. Top 500 songs of all time. It's listed number 492. <laughs> And that's pretty good, though. I know. It's in uh, the top 500. Yeah. Uh, and the cake version came out in 96. There you go. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, because I was actually, I went to the Peace Corps that year, and uh, I remember it was one of the songs on my compilation cassettes. When you go to the Peace Corps, Pat Francis, let me tell your you something. Ca- your cassettes ring. You got five cassettes. You got 10 <laughs> albums total. You better make some good choices. choices. You know what yes. I'm saying? Uh, my next cover also comes from 1996. Oh, good. This uh, this. Singer is no uh, stranger to covers because 
her and Matthew Sweet did three albums worth of them. Wow. Uh, this is Susanna Hoffs. This is from her self-titled album from 1996. This is a song by Steeler's Wheel, oh. Stuck in the Middle. Oh, I love it. With you. Here we go. There we go. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. Oh, forget it. I know, I could hear the whole thing. Oh, forget about it. I mean, it's just such a great song. Yeah. Would you say Steelers Wheel then was a uh, a one-hit wonder? Uh, let me th- see if they have anything. I think, yeah, I think Steelers Wheel and then, you know, then Jerry Rafferty went solo oh. and Baker Street and some other songs that I can't think of. I love yeah, that Yeah, they're stuff, a one-hit man. wonder. I love all those songs, man. That like takes me back to my swim club growing up, you know, like they'd play over the loudspeaker, they'd play music, you know, it was called 96 kicks in Pittsburgh and they'd give you a limited edition leather belt buckle. (laughs) If you call right now, be color 35. So you saw concerts at the Civic Arena. I I did. I saw many, many concerts at the Civic Arena. And let me tell you something. It would be so much smoke in the Civic Arena. Yeah. So much smoke, yes. you couldn't see yeah. shit. And then halfway through the show, they would open up the dome. Yep, open the and dome And it would up. open like a piece of pie, and the smoke would just go... Go up. <sighs> yeah. Like, just whoosh up. It was tremendous. It's so weird. The Civic Arena's not there anymore, no. and the uh, Three River Stadium's not there no. anymore. It's, it's a whole different thing. I saw Bruce Springsteen on the Born in the USA, USA tour. tour in, yeah, 83. Were you there? You know what? Don't, I can't even talk about it, because it still upsets me. I didn't go. I was invited, and I didn't go because I had two boyfriends named Bob, and I was bobbing around, and I was lying to each of them, and one of them invited me, and I got all twisted, and I just didn't go. And I regret it to this day. At at that time, it was the biggest crowd that was ever assembled in Three River Stadium, like 65,000 people. However, I think that was topped by... um, the Pink Floyd tour that they did Probably. there. Pink Floyd killed there, and yeah. so did you too. I mean, forget I saw it. Genesis You're, there. Yeah, you start talking about stadium tours, and Three River Stadium yeah. was just classic. It yeah. really was. And in fact, if you go back to Pittsburgh, no matter where you are, I still feel like I'm in Three River Stadium, yeah. 1978. My first two concerts were at the Civic Arena. Kiss yeah. in 79, yeah. and Cheap Trick in 81. Wow. I saw uh, one of the best best uh, concerts I ever saw was Peter Gabriel in 86. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was tremendous. That was the you know red um, yep. red red rains coming down and all that. And uh, I also remember seeing Aerosmith there in '82. And Steven Tyler was so whacked out, and Joe Perry. They were both so whacked out <laughs> yeah. that they ended up like just walking off the stage. People were like screaming, complaining. It's terrible. They brought back on the other band, Rose Tattoo. That was oh, the other band you can't at the do time. That. And they said, "Look, these these guys are whacked out, so we're going to bring back the other band." And that was it for Aerosmith? That was it. They were, uh, that's why when you said about their comeback and when we talked about their comeback, you know, 86 when Run DMC played their songs, it it helped. Yeah, definitely. All right, your turn. You're going to notice that I bring a lot of um, kind of ballads to this program, these cover songs. I don't know what it is, but uh, there's something about covering ballads that I'm all about. And this song, uh, Radiohead's Creep, which, you know, I know Radiohead themselves, they don't like this song anymore. No. Uh, they won't play it anymore. 
but I love it. And this girl, Haley Reinhardt, I mean, just forget about it. She's such a talented girl. She, uh, she was on, she was on American Idol, I believe. Okay. That makes Did I write that down? Let me see something real quick. Yeah. She is from Chicago and she put this on her, wait a minute. No, that's not right. Uh, anyway, she, oh, I, I know what I was going to say. One of the reasons why I think that Radiohead doesn't like this song Mm -hmm. is that they got sued at one point uh, for an infringement that the song was too much like the 1972 song by the Hollies, The Air That I Breathe. Hmm. And they did have a lawsuit, and they are now considered co-writers on this song. Wow. And I have a feeling it might be one of the reasons why Radiohead stopped playing this song, I mean, years ago. Yeah. Years and years and years ago. Anyway, so this girl, uh, Haley Reinhardt, she brings it back, and it is just beautiful. Here we go. And the video, by the way. You couldn't look you in the eye. You're just like an angel. Your skin makes me cry You float like a feather In a beautiful world I wish I was special You're so very special was amazing you you watch this video and i'm not kidding you pat francis you will fall in love this girl (laughs) is so phenomenally beautiful and sexy and the way she sings this song it's just dripping sexuality and the it's like a three-piece band behind her how old is she because i don't don't want to drip sexuality if she's a teenager no 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 no. uh this girl Haley reinhardt she was born in uh 1980 Okay. 1980. She's like 30 years old. She's 30 years 35, old. 35, whatever. Right. No, she's fair, fair game. But the point is, uh, she's absolutely stunning. She's just stunning. And uh, you guys definitely listen to Haley Reinhardt singing Creep. Go to that YouTube video. You won't believe it. All You're right. welcome. <laughs> My next song is a cover of a Jackson Brown song. Oh, great. And this cover version, I don't even know how I discovered this because it's recently that I heard this playing somewhere and I'm like, are you kidding me? How did I never know about this song? But the cover of this song came out the same year the original came out, 1972. It's written by, written by uh, Jackson Brown. Uh, the song is Doctor My Eyes. And uh, I'll talk about the artist afterwards. Uh, you'll, you'll know who this artist is. And it's, you won't believe that they covered a Jackson Brown song.
Jackson Five. It's hard, man. Jackson I mean, Five. It's just so that was that's great. Yeah. I mean, they were in it. You could tell they loved yep. playing that. They loved singing it. You could tell how much fun that was to do. So Jackson Brown's first album comes out. This is on his first album, and then the Jackson. He's probably like, well, I, okay, I'll take this. This is a Jackson song. Yeah, all yeah. the Jacksons covered it. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. And, uh, I'm no, uh, I'm no fan of of the Michael Jackson music anymore. I can't listen to <sighs> it's it. It's so hard. But when I was a kid, oh, forget about My it. favorite band was the Jackson Five. Yeah, we had the Jackson Five like crazy at my house. Yeah. We also had uh, the Osmonds. I thought, and the Partridge Family. I thought yeah. every band was, was a, a, a family. Group. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the other one that I'm thinking of that was the Cow really, The Cow yeah. The Cow were huge. Yeah. So it was the rain, the park, and other things. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. <sighs> love that song. I still love that song. Okay, now this next song I want to bring to the table. I think I might be cheating. I don't. It's not cheating. Uh, it's a classic song that Bob Dylan wrote, "Wagon Wheel." Okay. Uh, but where it gets a little tricky. Now he he recorded the course of this song in 1973. Okay. Okay. But then the guy from Old Crow Medicine Show, uh, his name is Catch uh, Sikor. Catch Sikor is his okay. name. He adds verses 25 years later. Wow. So he keeps Dylan's original chorus. chorus, you know, rock me mama like a wagon wheel and all that. He the, keeps that. But then he adds all like six courses around or six verses around it. And the song has been covered numerous times, numerous times. Uh, Darius Rucker perhaps did it probably most, uh, most popularly. But anyway, um, it's just a great flipping song, man. It's just a terrific song. And this is another one where the video is stunning. The old and, Crow and Medicine Dylan, Man. Dylan obviously signed off on this. He signed off on it. And so in a way, it's a cover. And in a way, it's a uh, collaboration. Okay, here we go. Wagon Wheel. So rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, any way you feel. Hey. Going? Okay. Welcome to the south out of Roanoke. I caught a trucker out of Philly, had a nice long toke. But he's a headed west from the Cumberland Gap, a Johnson City, Tennessee. And I gotta get a move on before the sun. I hear my baby calling my name, and I know that she's the just you know, come on. You didn't man. want me to. You didn't want me you to just, stop it. You cannot not sing along with that song. I tried it to fade just, it down. She shook. She shook her head. No, don't. It's just such an incredible song to sit around and play guitar to, uh, with good friends, laughing, smoking, having a beer, and you whip out Wagon Wheel and like. If you don't know the song, just leave my house. You know what I mean? Just leave. Do you play guitar? I do, I do play guitar. You knew that. I didn't know that. Oh, my god. You're gosh. doing too... You, you have too much on your resume. You, I you play a, a, I've been playing guitar since I was 12. Peace Corps and you're a lifeguard. Since and, I was 12, I've been playing guitar. 
That's One of the reasons why I went to the Peace Corps is because in my mind, I was coming back Melissa Etheridge. Ah, there I you go. I was a huge Melissa was, Etheridge fan. By the way, we should cover, you have covered, you have well, her on. Well, she was on. on. But yeah, we could do it. We could do it because, I mean. I remember when you had her on, I I, I was seething with envy. <laughs> seething with envy. And I'm then like, you asked ask me, no, I remember, I remember because you asked me for her info and I wouldn't give it to you no, at the you time. Wouldn't. I get it. I get it. But I was like, she was my first big guest. And I was like, I don't know if I can, I don't, can't, I don't know. She does that rock cruise every spring. I know. I would go on that in a heartbeat. I wonder if there's, wonder if those rock cruises are fun. I've never been on a cruise. On I don't know if I would like a cruise. with all those chicks, man, I'd be <laughs> digging that big time. <laughs> uh, no, I love Melissa Etheridge. I've seen her many times. Her voice uh, yeah, is me still too. I've seen killer. her at the Palladium. She still plays that same yes. ovation. She still just rocks the, yep. rocks the flipping roof off yep. and she never breaks a sweat. No. She just, it's effortless. The voice it is so strong. It comes from her gut and yeah. it's just effortless. Love her. All right. I'm going to go with, uh, we're going to go to 2011. There was an album uh, of covers by the Foo Fighters. It was called Medium Rare. Yeah. I don't think ever released on CD or digitally. It was just like a vinyl. So this might be a vinyl rip someone did for me. I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, but wow. This is them covering the zombies. The song is This Will Be Our Year. The warmth of the love's like the warmth of the sun. Reminds me of a James Morrison. I know it's not him, but it reminds me of him. Who? Who the? Who the singer? The singer right there. Yeah, Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters. Oh shit! God damn! I know he's not screaming on that one. He's actually. That's what I mean. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> not, not recognizing it. Yeah. That's beautiful. I see what your next one is. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's classic. It's so classic. good. And we could talk all day about all these songs. Um, I would have this person on the show in a heartbeat, uh, but I can't find any contact info from her. Another very private person. Yes. When she wants to come out of her shell, she does. When yep. she wants attention, she gets it. Yeah. When she wants to go on tour, she goes mm-hmm. and she sells out. But she also, when she's not in the limelight, she's out of the picture. But which for I think the is people that live here in LA, she pops up at Largo quite often yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. She just rips it out. I, this is a, I got a couple of covers in a row. They're all Beatles. I can't help it. Uh, this is Across the Universe from Fiona Apple. Slither while they pass, they slip away across the universe. Pools of sorrow, waves of joy are drifting through my open mind, possessing and caressing me.
so good. It's another, uh, you know, it's another song that brings me way back to my uh, my teenage years. When I was 17, I started college young, and uh, I still have notebooks from college, like that I would doodle in. Mm-hmm. I kind of saved them just for the doodling. Yeah. And I remember there's a cup on one of my notebook binders, you know, that I that's spilling over, you know, and I just have, you know, written on there, you know, words are flowing out like a, you know, the whole thing, um, the beginning of that song. Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. And I think that the origin of this song is quite beautiful. You know, John Lennon wrote it in, I believe, 1967. And these are his words. He says, I was lying next to my first wife in bed, you know, and I was irritated. And I was thinking she must have been going on and on about something. And she'd gone to sleep. And I kept hearing these (laughs) words over and over flowing like an endless stream. And I went downstairs and it turned into some sort of cosmic song rather than an irritated song. Rather than, why are you always mouthing off at me? The words were purely inspirational and were given to me as boom. And I don't own it, you know? It came through like that. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is cool. That's beautiful. I was just thinking the other day about uh, how how long ago John Lennon was killed. I know. It's like it's like over 30 years ago, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's 80, like, 1980. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's 39, Lennon, is it 39 yeah, years ago? I guess. Sean yeah. Lennon is on uh, Mark Maron this week. It's really good. Did, uh, obviously they have to talk about John. Yeah, they do a lot. Yeah. It's really beautiful. And, uh, Sean just talks about, you know, he was five years old when mm-hmm. his dad was killed. Yeah. And on the show, he just talks about how, you know, of course the whole world lost this iconic person yeah. to them and somebody that represented peace and love. But Sean's like, all I know is I lost the guy that taught me how to cut the meat on my plate. <laughs> I was going to say the guy who made pancakes in the morning. Yeah. Or yeah. So it's like, boy. Anyway, been, that's a lovely that's a lovely version. I've been trying to get Julian Lennon on this show. Oh, he'd be great, right? Yeah, I like that me. I like his music too. By the way, Fiona Apple, she has sold over ten million albums. And she has won Grammy Awards, of course, and Video Music Awards and Billboard Music Awards. So she's and just incredible. All this on her own terms because she only has four proper studio albums. And those don't come out like, no. it's not like oh, a cycle, no. like every four years no, or every no, three no. years. Every it's like whenever years. I feel like it. Yeah. yeah. Remember the Win so, the Pawn, that one, the Pawn Yeah, one? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the title took up the whole album cover. It was I, fun. I picture her having like a house in the canyon and she's very minimalistic. And oh, just, she's in Topanga yeah. with a flowing skirt and yeah. a sun hat and <laughs> right. there's flowers around her neck and I want to be her. So what? That's where What's she is. point? Yeah, I want to be her. You need to sell 10 million albums. I know. I don't know what the big deal is. I don't know what's holding me back. <laughs> Uh, this is a Eurythmics cover. Uh, they re-released their whole catalog, uh, remastered all the CDs and they added a cover to each CD. So I had to choose one and this is a cover of The Doors' Hello, I Love You by the Eurythmics. That is a rocking song, man. I wonder if they'll ever do anything together again, uh, her and Dave Stewart. wonder if, like, did they say uh, the Eurythmics is no more? Are they taking an extended break? I think it's extended break. Yeah. (laughs) 
What, like, is, what is that instrument, by the way? What do you think that is? Just a keyboard, uh, a synthesizer? Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. It's so, um, yeah, it's funny. It sounds like boinking. All right, this is a good one. This is a good one coming up. This is a classic one. Mine? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, and it is a classic, and it's just so strong. And Joe Cocker does certain songs so well. Yeah. Like, nobody could repeat some of the way he sings certain songs. And this one, in my opinion, better than the original. Joe Cocker singing uh, the Beatles song, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window, which was on uh, 1969's Abbey Road. Yep, my favorite Beatles album. She came in through the bathroom window see Joe Cocker live? No. Yeah, me neither. Now I wish we, I had. Now we can't. I know. Rock and peace Joe Cocker. He, uh, god damn though, you just gotta get off your feet when he starts singing. You know, he's just so powerful. It just comes from within. He's yep. like a James Brown and a Tom Waits and it's all rolled into one yep. force of nature. I, uh, I just remember seeing him like on early Saturday Night Lives when that was on. Yeah. And then Belushi then would do his impression too. But yeah. Uh, uh, and now they're both gone. Love Joe Cocker. Uh, now this next one is pretty. It's a pretty straight up cover version, but I wanted to have a country artist in here, and I just found this in my iTunes, and uh, and I and I like Garth Brooks. He seems like a nice guy. I don't know, man. Friendly? No, you don't like. I mean, him? I guess he's fine. I don't know. I don't get the hat. I don't get the hat. I don't get the. I don't get the spurs. I don't get the 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 necktie thing. I don't get I don't the placating anymore. I, 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 I don't know. Oh, you're gonna hate this then. Sorry. All right. This is. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Oh, I like it. She's <laughs> okay, you good. You will know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I like the bass right out in front. God bless you, please, Mrs. Robinson. Heaven holds a place for those who pray. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Well... I mean, I mean, it's straightforward it's for so sure. Straightforward. straightforward, yeah. I mean, you're talking about straightforward. Yeah. That could be somebody at the bar down the street on right, the corner. Exactly. I mean, it's fine, but why did you choose that? Because you like the song. Uh, I do love the song. Yeah, of course. And it just popped up. You know, it was so. I mean, there were so many songs. You know, I had I had a list of like 40, and I'm yeah. like, ah. It's really. And then you got like you know the ones you definitely want to play, and then you're like making some hard and fast cuts, and I'm really like, hard. is it going to be this or this? I'm like, ah, I'll just throw. Garth in there for the heck of it. I had a list of about 25 and I was cutting uh, because I was choosing too much of the same genre, mm-hmm. too much Neil Young, yeah. <laughs> too, you know, too much of the same. So you do have to be, yeah. But anyway, okay. So Garth Brook, Garth Brook he made, made the your cut. cut. He All made right, the cut. Fair enough. I don't know what he did. Okay. Here comes a classic, uh, Sweet Jane by the Cowboy Monkey. Cowboy, Cowboy Monkeys. <laughs> Cowboy love Junkies, who I've seen before. I love those guys in concert. Uh, and of course, this originally done by the Velvet Underground. Yeah, such a great song. Yeah. From 1968. <laughs> it's so the good. The original. 
I got to tell you, you know, this is from 1988's The Trinity Sessions, and that makes me feel old. Because I remember this album coming out like it was yesterday. And I have to say, though, Lou Reed, he says, he's often quoted as saying that this Cowboy Junkies version was his favorite. And, of course, you know, it was also in uh, Natural Born Killers. Yes. In Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers. God, I haven't seen that movie for so long. That was a great flipping movie, man. That was one of those movies where it starts and you mm-hmm. do not, your eyes don't leave the screen yep. until it's over. It's just one of those, it just glues you in your seat. I was, um, they filmed part of it in a prison in Chicago, outside Chicago. Yeah. And so I did extra work when I was in Chicago. So I, they hired me to, they told me I was going to be Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. stand-in. Yeah. Oh my God. Funny. But I never, so I went and I checked in and, you know, waited around all day, but they never used me for anything. I never laid eyes on Robert Downey Jr. Funny, they must not have got, got to his scene. I, I don't know, but it was, it was a, it was a very creepy day because you were inside this prison like, for and, real. Yeah. And I was uneasy the whole day. Like I could not wait to leave. Well, the whole movie, <laughs> just didn't the feel whole movie good. was uh, yeah. sort of uncomfortable on yes. that edge. But Robert Downey Jr. playing that Australian reporter, he was definitely brought the levity to the movie. Yeah. So, but this song, "Sweet Jane," when they play this in Natural Born Killers, it's one of those, you know, it's a sweet song and it's eerily sweet. But these two are murderers and they're yes. killers, yes. and then they've just, you know, they've just killed all these yep. people, and now they're crashing at this guy's you know, Indian home or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they just start playing the song and it just is such a contradiction as to what's actually ho- happening in the, in the movie. And that was Oliver Stone directing from a Quentin Tarantino script, correct? I, I believe think. that's true. All right. My next song is from one of my favorite singers, John Waite. This is from my favorite John Waite album called Temple Bar from 1995. If you've never heard it, get it. It's great. Top to bottom. I just wrote it down. And he does a cover here of a Bill Withers song. Mm. Ain't no sunshine. Oh, sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away I wonder this time where Uh, I have a lot of John Waite albums where his uh, his voice will crack in the middle of the song, and they just leave Maybe it in, that. and I kind of like it. He's what a song! Yeah. What a, what a beautiful voice! I I hear that. I close my eyes, and I want to be at the Hollywood Bowl <laughs> with the Philharmonic. I just want to be there. I want to see John Waite with his confidence. I want yeah. him to just spilt that out. Do you uh, God, do you, do you have a uh, do you have tickets for any shows upcoming shows that you're going to go see? Well, I have to tell you. 
Neil Young is uh, his tickets go on sale in two days with Nora Jones for the Bridge concert. Wow. You know, the, the, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they started tickets started two fifty. That's in San Francisco. That's no, no. This is the one at Lake Hughes, California. It's an outdoor venue. Okay, one that's like a, a grassy knoll. Have you gone just before? outside of Santa Clarita? No, I haven't. But I got the notice this morning, and I already looked into it thoroughly. And uh, I cannot afford that concert. Uh, yeah, it's tough. But I did just see two in the last two weeks, and. Um, um, I'll see the Ringo one coming up, of course, and uh, I like anything at the Greek because it's yeah, very close it, to my house. Yes, I want to go see. Uh, I want Hart and Joan Jett are coming to the Hollywood Bowl. I want to go see that. That would be a blast. Yeah. I'll see that in a minute. And uh, who's opening? Uh, who's the opening? There's an opener. It's it's Rob Schneider's daughter. Oh, interesting. She sings the song X's and O's. Hmm. What's her name? It's, oh, anyway. Anyway, listen, uh, this next song has been covered a zillion times as well. Probably most popularly, uh, popular, is that the word? Probably the most popular version Mm -hmm. is Greg Allman's version, Mm -hmm. but also Jackson Brown did it, uh, Zappa did it, and it's called Willin'. Is this a Little Feet song? It's a Little Feet song, yeah, Lowell George. Which is I know George's dad. Yes, okay. Bringing it all around. Bringing it all around, and it tells the story of a truck driver traveling from Tucson to Tucumcari to to Patch to Tonopah. It became a trucker anthem, and it's also one of my favorite songs, And if you give me Perfection. That's Linda Ronstadt, whose career was basically interpreting other people's songs. Yeah. Because she's not a songwriter. Right. I would say that. It's yeah. just that but voice. She's great. Yeah, that the voice innocence. is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And she just happened to be in the right place at the right time in Southern California. Troubadour. Early, Troubadour. Early 70s, right, hanging with the right group of people, mm-hmm. hanging out in Topanga. God damn, I was born too late, yet too early. Not then. I needed to be... <laughs> I, That's what I need. I to wish be. they would do a biopic about the troubadour. Yeah, forget I mean, about so it. So many people came through there. Everybody came through there. It's such Eagles, a great Steve place. Martin, fabulous place. Neil see a Diamond, show. Elton no John. What, you're never more than seven feet from the stage. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's so small. I saw uh, great place. I said this many times on the show, but I saw I saw Tom Petty and Mudcrutch oh, there. Ah, oh, forget it. That ticket was two hundred fifty bucks, but I'm like. Fuck well, it. worth it. Because I'm like, you're so close. There's only 200 people there. Yeah. Oh, and I got wow. his autograph that Terrific. night, too, no which was kidding. crazy. On what? Uh, Damn the Torpedoes. Oh, man. That's mm- nice. On the vinyl. Yeah. Wow. And I also got Mike Campbell's autograph wow. that night. Wow. I got to look through your collection someday. Not, and when yeah. I come to your house, yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. see these albums. I'll take you up to the, we call it the rock room. I want to go to the rock room. <laughs> uh now uh, see, this is when this is the part of the show where this happens very often. Are you gonna cry? No, no. I look at my list, and now I'm I'm like I'm not. I'm. I, what do I want to say? I don't like my choices now. Oh no! 
And because because you said and because you said about uh, because the the rest of them seem like they're straightforward covers. Yeah. And so now I'm uh, I don't know. I don't know it's about my choices. It's interesting that you that you that you formulated your list in this way. Because I, I think you should end strong. Every podcast should end strong. I, so I saved some of my best ones for the end. The last one I'm going to play, which will be the play out, is strong. Okay. But these other ones, I think, just are straightforward. So well, let's just whip through them. All right. I'm just going to do this one. They had a, they covered a Toto song. They covered, uh, they covered Africa earlier in the year. Weezer did. But they also covered this one, too. Weezer covered Rosanna. All I want to do when I wake up in the morning is see your straightforward it's sweet i don't even know why it needed to be redone though it didn't i think they did it as just, just like fun. just for fun yeah and then uh and then toto went on and did a cover of hash pipe uh-huh by toto yeah i mean by weezer they you know, all comes I mean. around it all comes around that's fair it's all right it's all right you don't have to feel yeah, bad i'm rethinking all my choices now but yeah and my life choices no i'm not rethinking mine i, I feel really good about it all right this Coming next up right one's now, fun. Yeah, because it's uh, one of our favorite girls of mm-hmm. all time, Chrissy Hind. It doesn't matter what she sings, we're going to love it. I know, I And here she true. is with UB40 singing the very popular Sonny Bono song, I Got You, Babe. This is a big hit. Big hit. Forget yeah, exactly, and I, I wanted to say this uh, when we just saw Chrissy Hind, her voice is exactly the same. <laughs> She's like, amazing. I was, it I was like a freak of nature. I'm she like, she is a machine. Like you know, Stevie doesn't sound exactly the same. 
No, you know, she sounds older. She sounds older. And a lot of people sound older, men and women. Yes. But Chrissy Hind, <laughs> you close your eyes and you're like, what? how is she able to do this? And she's 68 years old now. She's 68 years old. So this song written by Son- Sonny Bono in 1965, perhaps before you were born. Before, I was one. Before I was born. I was one. And uh, and then the Pretenders bring it back, or Chrissy brings it back in 1987. They put it on the... Uh, on the Pretenders compilation album, the singles. Yes. Anyway, I just think it's a, a phenomenal song. And like you said, it made a huge waves. Yeah. It was big. It was big. And that definitely has their own take on it. I mean, forget it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's got that reggae flame. It's got the whole thing. All right. So I just played Weezer covering Toto. Now I'm going to play Toto covering Elvis Costello. Hmm. Nice girls, not one with a defects and a bad streak wraps up correct. But like you said, this sounds exactly like Elvis Costello. Sounds like he's imitating Elvis Costello. Yes. That's Steve Lukather singing the vocal. He is watching the detectives. Oh, he's so cute. He is watching the detectives with him. Shoot, 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 shoot. The See, this is why I'm rethinking my choices now because that it was so straightforward. It's sweet, though. It's sweet, although it does sound like he's imitating Elvis's voice. Yes. You know, his yeah, like, he the treble yeah, in his voice. Yeah, because Steve Lukather doesn't sing like that. Eh, he's I don't doing know, an man. impression. All right, here's another classic uh, song from uh, George Harrison of the Beatles. This is so great. If not for you, uh, it was written by Bob Dylan and recorded for his 1970 album, New Morning. And then he recorded the album version, yeah, in 1970. And he recorded the song in a session with George Harrison. And then in November of that same year, 1970, a month after Bob Dylan puts his out, George Harrison releases a version of the exact same song. And... uh, you know, then it was done again by Olivia Newton-John. And so this song has been covered a couple of times. But, you know, George Harrison is one of my favorite people ever. Yeah. And so anything by him, I'm in. If not for you. Harrison just warms everything up, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, it really does. It really does. I agree. That's a that's a great way to put it. Did you watch Wimbledon? I, you know, I don't have cable TV, so I saw highlights, but mm-hmm. I didn't watch the. Well, I, actually, I, well, I saw like Nadal and Federer. Yeah. I saw them go at it. Yeah. I, my boyfriend is Rafael Nadal. I don't know if you knew that, but he's my <laughs> I boyfriend. I didn't know that. And I saw him blow it in that uh, in that one, the five five. He had him anyway. It didn't work out well. But the point is, is uh, I didn't see the final match. I didn't see Djokovic yeah. beat. beat uh, oh, it was incredible. I know. It was good, and they I were heard. both so classy, like in their post interviews. Yeah. Well, they the, are. They're classy yeah, they guys. Are. Yeah. There's no. Um, well, who's the guy that's really nuts? Uh, that serves underhand sometimes. What's his name? Oh my oh God. God. 
he, 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 um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. He's like, he's like the wild card. So what about him? He'll, he's just like, he'll do, he doesn't, like he'll serve underhand. He'll just. He's the Andre Agassi of the 2000. Uh, he's like more like, he's more like the McEnroe. He's oh, just he's pissed. Yeah. It's just kind of, yeah. he's a wild card. Like you don't know what you're going to get. Like he's really good, but he does, he doesn't have enough focus to be really good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a Federer. He doesn't have the, the composure. Yes, exactly. And why are you bringing up Wimbledon? Cause I, cause you like, we both play tennis. Right. That's why. Okay. So who else am I going to bring it up to? I don't know. All right, listen. Can I tell you about this classic song that I think the no, people... No, because it's my turn. Oh, shit. I, I, I want to go through... I love my song so much. I know. Damn it. Go ahead. And I'm just okay. I'm lukewarm on mine. But okay. So Weezer covered Toto, and then right. Toto covered Elvis Costello. So now Elvis Costello is going to cover the kinks. It's like a Russian doll. Yeah, but then it ends here. It ends with... I don't have the kinks covering anyone. But this is a song. I love the song. This is called Days. Thank you for the days Those endless days, those sacred days Give me I'm thinking of the days I won't forget a single day Believe me I bless the light Shines on you, believe me. And though you're gone, you're with me every single day, believe me. Meh. It's okay, I because I like I said, my I'm 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 uh, I'm disappointed with my choices now too. <laughs> I shouldn't telling. I shouldn't be saying that because no. people might be enjoying. Stay with them. your confidence. But now, stay with confidence. No confidence. Now. Listen, you guys. I'm going to pick show. it up right here. I'm going to pick it up right here by a song that was written and recorded by Bruce Springsteen, and you'll remember it when you hear it. The 1973 on his debut album, "Greetings from Asbury Park." Yep. I mean, you'll know it when you hear it, but you might forget uh, that he did it originally because then Manfred Mann covered it almost better, yeah, as it were. And uh, let's hear it. 
and they recorded two other Springsteen songs then too. They did Spirits in the Night and For You. Oh, wow. Good call. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I got to say, um, this particular version, Man for Man and the, was it the Earth Band? Man for Man. Man, Man, Man for, for Man's, Man's Earth, Earth Band. Band. I could listen to that song anytime, anywhere. It's a great version. At full volume. Yeah. I love it so much now. The keyboard is so good. It's just, it's just so great. The whole tempo of the song is so mm-hmm. great. Now the recording, this recording, you know, they changed the, the lyrics in the song and mm-hmm. the most prominent change is in the course, and I want to address this because a lot of people have um, <laughs> disagreements about these lines. So Springsteen, Springsteen's line was, cut loose like a deuce, okay? Because he was a big fan of, um, you know, classic hot rods in his youth, and so he chose that line, cut loose like a deuce. You What's know, that like, mean? Like a deuce coupe, like, oh, a, like okay. a little deuce okay. coupe. Then uh, other people heard it said... Uh, like revved up like a deuce again, like a deuce coupe. Yeah. But the commonly misheard version is wrapped up like a douche, which is ridiculous. And Bruce Springsteen, though himself, he jokes that this song didn't really get that popular until Manfred Mann rewrote the song to be about a feminine hygiene product. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it is revved up like they, a deuce. They change a lyric. Uh, it's all. It's weird that they, you can just change a lyric too. Yeah, that's but a, they that a breaking lyric. rules left. Right. In the song For You, the original lyric is, who am I to ask you to lick my sores? That's Bruce's lyric. Okay. And they change it to, who am I to ask you to fight my wars? Which isn't, <laughs> isn't as good. I thought you were going to say, lick my ass. <laughs> no. And I was going to say, that's harsh. No, no, no. Uh, okay, my next song. This is a great song. I love this song. It's a bad finger song. Mm. Everyone loves this song. I think it's called No Matter What. Okay. This is a cover version, obviously. It's by uh, a guys that go by Shaw Blades. That's Tommy Shaw from Styx and Jack Blades from Night Ranger. And I like this version, but I think it's going to be too straightforward for Christine. <laughs> no matter what you are, I will always be with you. Doesn't matter what you do. Straightforward. It's straightforward, but in my opinion, really, just as good, if not better, than the original. Right. It's just a fine know. song. It's a fine song. That's from an album called Influence, which was an all-covers album. Yeah. This track was a Japanese bonus track that I did not have, so I said that on the show once. I said, if anyone has that track, send it to me, and like uh, three or four people sent it to me. So No shit. I don't have your names, people, your but thank audience. you. I love your audience, Pat Francis. Thank you so much. Your They're audience good. should be heading over to Storyworthy and listening to some good stories they should. as well. Before we started the show, uh, a guy was in town he's in town on business he just dropped by to say hello and chat uh, david Celine was here you got to meet yeah, him he really took our great. picture for today yeah that was really nice awesome. and um and uh i know i know you asked me to do story worthy i'm trying to th- like i feel like the title of your podcast story worthy like i'm like i keep going through my head like what story is 
worthy. I know, but you know what I mean? It's so crazy though, because everybody has one story they can pull out. I mean, it's a pivotal moment in your life where something happens in the beginning of the story. And by the end, you have changed. And I know you know know this. I know, but I'm trying to think, I don't know what it is. Then go simply back to your relationship with Pilar. Okay. I mean, obviously there's a story about how you met and then go to your family, go to your children, go to a certain concert. There's, you can unpack every moment of your life. All right. I just feel like it, it has to have some emotional weight that maybe I don't, I can't, I don't know. It, so do, it does, or maybe it doesn't. It mm-hmm. just depends. If you go to storyworthypodcast.com, you'll see a list of the last yeah. 567 shows. And those titles might jog your memory because they yeah. just range from, you know, Alonzo Bowden yeah. was just on talking about the time he spent in Saudi Arabia to uh, somebody talking about, you know, it just, it just changes. Everything, yeah. everything I varies love, on yeah, the person. I love Kathy Ladman's story about yeah. working on the boat. Yeah, that's a great story. Such she a great was story. working on a cruise ship and, and they call her into the cruise office to fire her. And, and, and the cruise director just reads her the note and he goes, uh, Kathy, this is a note that I got last <laughs> night after your show. It said, Kathy Ladman is the worst comedian we have ever heard. In our entire life, that's one person's opinion, right? And, and they kicked her off the cruise. Yes, that's ridiculous. Horrible people. Again, Kathy Labman, the first comedian I ever saw live at a comedy club. It was when I was in college, and my brother and sister-in-law took me to. It was like in uh, where was it? It was uh, in somewhere in South Hills, in the South Hills yeah. in Pennsylvania, yeah. at a Funny Bone. And she yeah. was she was the feature act, and wow. she, she was killer. Wow. And now she's my friend. She so was weird. just on Story Smash, which is my game show. She yep. was just on that last month. Yeah. She's a great girl. Great talent. Love her. All right. This next song, we only have a couple more left. Yes, we uh, do. This one I adore. And again, it goes with the video. The video is tremendous. And it's a Prince song, but this is sung by Sinead O'Connor. Uh, Nothing compares to you. And you know, again, the video, forget about it. You're going <laughs> to love this. This is more her song than Prince's song. I though. know, I know. The video, like I was saying, um, it, it consists mostly mostly of a close-up of Sinead O'Connor's face as she goes through these stages of sadness and anger while she's singing the lyrics. And, and then the rest of it is just you know shots of her walking through Paris. And then at the very end of the video, she cries. You know, these two tears fall down her face, mm-hmm. one on each cheek. And um, she claims those were absolutely authentic tears and that the tears were triggered by thoughts of her mother who died in a car accident in 1985. I believe her. That's sad, man. Yeah, I believe that story. It's a stunning, stunning song and, a, and a, just a beautiful tribute to that Prince song. Uh, I mean, that's a great one. And again, it's uh, I don't know if Prince had released that I think she released a version of it before Prince ever did. No, no, no. He featured it on his album, The Family, uh, way, way back. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me think here. Uh, I don't have that information when that when that album was, but that was a while ago. I mean, that's featured. such a signature song for her. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. All right. My next song is by Rod Stewart. It's not one of those crappy standard things that he did. He's done some cool, t- some cool standards, though. He has. Yeah. yeah. 
but I, I'm not. I know it's a fine line. Yeah, it's a fine line. Like that. Those are the albums my mom would own, and she'd yeah. say, "Have you ever heard of this Rod Stewart?" And I'm like, "Oh, yes. Why?" <laughs> um, like when my mom used to watch American Idol, and when Steven Tyler, yeah, was uh, was one of the judges, she yeah. was like, "You know who I love? That's Steven. That's Steve Tyler." Yeah, and yeah, I'd sure. say she'd say, "Do you know who he is?" I'm like, "Yeah, I would play his music all through high school, and you tell me to turn it down." <laughs> like yeah, I know oh, she goes. Oh, I love him. I'm like, you didn't love him in the in yeah. the 70s and 80s. Okay, this was this song is called "How Long," originally recorded by a band called Ace, written and sung by Paul Carrick, and this is Rod Stewart's version of it from Choose that. Well, it's this is on my favorite Rod Stewart album from the eighties. I okay. love I love this album uh, called Tonight Tonight I'm Yours. Yeah, and uh, I like the original version of this song. Here's the thing about music: like, I love the original version of this song by this band Ace. I wonder if I would like a whole Ace album. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't it's, know either. It's a fine line. <laughs> Did well, you it's like- just so tricky because music is like reading a book, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, if the book is not good, I'm not finishing it. I'm not. I'm not going to go through You're it. not one of those people that has to finish it. Absolutely not. Time is too valuable. So many people are like, I got to finish it. It's- I don't even like it, but I'm going to finish it. Uh, no, not me. And it's the same with music. A bad song comes on the radio, it is turned so quickly. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I, I don't, I'm not giving my ears that displeasure. What is your, uh, your 12-year-old, what is she listening to? My Peapod. She's what- a good girl. Um. <laughs> she she loves she? music. She plays music every day. Okay. She has to play piano, guitar, or or ukulele every day okay. for 15 minutes, which right. isn't a lot. Uh, but she does it, and she hammers it out. And I'm trying to think what she's singing right now. She loves um, the music from La La Land. She still likes that. She still plays music mm-hmm. from Hamilton. Yes. She still plays music from... Um, Phantom of the Opera. But she hasn't grabbed hold of an artist yet. Well, she has people like Grace Vanderwall Mm -hmm. and some of the younger musicians. She did Taylor Swift for a minute. She did Katy Perry for a minute. But for the most part, she's now into this musical thing. And I don't care what she does as long as she's playing an instrument. I'm just curious. Maybe you're going to turn me on to some some new artist that maybe she was into. No, not yet. But I have done um, a couple of um, funny videos with my daughter where I'll put like her and her friend Mm -hmm. on the microphone with headphones and then I'll play like Led Zeppelin or something and I'll get their reaction. Oh, that's funny. And I've done that uh, twice, like 35 minute segments each. But I only play like a minute of the song. Right. And my friend, uh, my, my daughter and her little friend sit there and her little friend kept saying, it has a beat. <laughs> it has a beat. It does have and a beat. And then I'd play, you know, just, I was playing the most outrageous music and they just, you know, they hear it like for the first time and it's like, what is their reaction to comfortably yeah. numb? You know, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, okay, this is your last one. Oh, my last one. It's hard to wrap this this uh, episode up because I really do 
love cover songs, and mm-hmm. I love being here with you. So thank, well, you, thank you again. You. I really appreciate it. You'll be back. Good, good, good. Thank you. Uh, this last song I chose because you're it, passionate about it, and, and you so bring passionate. you bring info, and you're I'm and you're so really passionate. into it. I can't even tell you how into it I am. I look so forward to doing. It. It's like um, working on you know what I want to yeah. do. You know, it's like what I want to do. Right. And I know how tough it is. You know, especially uh, uh, when you have kids to to yeah. make time and come here. It's not it's not an easy thing to make time to come and record with me. I, I yeah, always tell people prior- thank you for doing I, it. I prioritize because I like yeah. it. <laughs> okay, well, good. And anyway, this is another song that a lot of people think that she might have originated it. You yeah. know, she might have done it to begin mm-hmm. with. Janis Joplin uh, singing the Chris Christopherson song. Well, th- maybe a lot of people do know that Chris Christopherson wrote this. Uh, but so many people have covered it, like Waylon Jennings in The Grateful Dead, Kenny Rogers, Miranda Lambert just, just covered it recently. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's just a fantastic song, and it just... Ah, it just makes me cry a little bit. <laughs> you, you can't cry every time. I you can't come help on. it. I love music. Right. Me and Bobby McGee. Good tune. It's a great song. It's a good song. And uh, I mean, I know you guys know this, but I just think it's interesting. The, the t- song, of course, it's about two drifters, the narrator and Bobby McGee, and the couple, uh, they hitch a ride from a truck driver, and they sing all the way as they drive through the American South, and they visit California, and then they part ways up in Salinas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the narrator of the song, obviously, is expressing sadness afterward. And um, I don't know. I think also it's like Bobby McGee. It could be a girl. It could be a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, true. It's That's sung true. by both sexes, you yeah. know, and you really don't have to change the lyrics much nope. for Waylon Jennings to make it sound like a guy and, 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 and Janis Joplin to make it sound like a girl, you know, a, yeah. whatever. So it's really um, classic, classic Americana right there. Yep. Good tune. Here's one of mine that's straightforward. <laughs> it's Belinda Carlisle. Oh, anything by her though, I'm in. Anything. All right. Well, this is a, this is this is a classic uh, tune that she covered on her first solo album, and this is Band of Gold. I would never recognize that as Belinda Carlisle. Well, Wait, that's her. That was her. That is her. That is definitely her. What made that stand out to you? I just always loved the original. So I, yeah. I, I know. Again, I, my my list, uh, I, I failed towards the end. But the playouts. That really... sounds like Belinda Carlisle at a wedding. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> the play out. I think I'm going to get you with the play out there. I'm oh, good. confident with the play. Oh, good. Oh, good. But let's do, uh, let me ask you that. How good are you at tennis? Um, I play tennis uh, three, four days a week, and I've also been playing pickleball, which I'm totally digging. What is pickleball? Pickleball is so much fun. It's played on a tennis court. That sounds dirty. But picture a, picture a tennis court. Okay. And I'll divide it into four. Okay. Okay. So it's actually four small courts. Okay. And four people play at a time. Okay. So now we've got 16 people on one tennis court. So I play out in Santa Monica on Saturdays and there's like five or six courts in a row. Okay. Four people on a court. It's a party out there, man. There's like 50 people on the courts and it's played with a racket and a wiffle ball. Okay. So the racket is short. It's wooden or, or it could be, uh, I'm sure it could be uh, fiberglass. But the point is, is it's, um, uh, it's played kind of like paddle tennis. It's more like ping pong. Okay. It's scored like ping pong and it's very, very fast. It's kind of an old person sport because you don't have to run that far. Okay. But it's a lot of bending down, moving your knees. But it just if you like if Are you, you like playing against sports, one other person you're playing against pe- it's two, two other people usually it could be singles but generally it's uh, doubles and it's fast man it's so fast now with all these people in the court how are you not getting in each other's it's way damn fun man well you sort of are and it's a community <laughs> it becomes like a community I have thing. to go on YouTube and look uh, up a video Pickle- for it's pickleball it's really fun it's very very popular very popular right all now all right and just straight head to head tennis what's your strength. My my serve is really good. I oh, no. I can ace people all the time. Oh yeah. no! I play um, my buddy Matt Oswald. You know Matt? Uh, I know him from Twitter. Very funny. Matt and I play about three days a week, okay. and he uh, he always kills me in the end. But how I is ho- his serve? Not not as good as mine. All right. Oh wait, I should wait. I should back up. Okay. He's way stronger than me and more powerful, so I can't take his 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 full serve. He can't serve that to me. If he does, I say do over because okay. I can't hit it back. Okay. So I shouldn't say that. So anyway, that's not an equal player. Right. But, 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 but I do like playing with people that are better because I get better. Okay. You play, right? I do. I'd like to play. Let's I'd play. like to play you. I'd love to play. The serve is scaring me now. No, don't because I won't serve like that. I mean, I'm no, I want you to because then the, I, the, I'll the get better. Tennis is no matter where you are in the game, you know, you, you can still hit a ball. All right. So just, let's just hit the ball and then I'll crush you. <laughs> All right, well, we're gonna have to plan this because I've been talking about it all the time. But In a my, minute. The, the 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 girl that I used to play with, I call her a girl. She's a woman. Um, Suzanne, she has a big time writer's job on TV, so she's not available. Like when she wasn't working, and and yeah. I wasn't working, we were just like we play all the time, play yeah. like every day. That's why Matt and I play all the yeah, time so. because we're just kind of both. All right, well, we're gonna have hustling. to plan a, a tennis game. We'll the next it. time you're on, we can talk about how you you beat me, or I, I, beat, I, I hope or so I beat you. I, yeah, I might be talking too big now. Who knows? serve though you you came right out of the gate with my serve here's my the big thing. thing the serve is the only thing you have against an opponent mm-hmm. in that it, you can practice it on your own you can make it your own these you, are all good points you can make the serve whatever you want it to be because mm-hmm. it's just you yeah there doesn't have to be anybody over there right so if you're not if your serve isn't good you know who you blame yourself yourself you got nothing else i don't know if my serve's that good okay uh <laughs> you are at storyworthy Storyworthypodcast.com or just yes. christineblackburn.com. And then on Twitter? At Storyworthy. Everything is Storyworthy. I don't know when this is going to drop. Instagram, so, at Storyworthy. But they can go to your website, find yeah, out when your shows are. Please do. And, and come to my stuff. game show, you guys. I'm doing my uh, two-year anniversary at the Improv. 24 months in a row of the Improv. That ain't nothing, Pat Francis. No, no, not at all. And who's a, is, is, who's a guy that's there a lot? Zucker. Yeah, Danny Zucker. Danny yeah. Zucker. He's played about 18 or 20 times. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun. So, uh, so look for that. Go to Christine's website. We are at Rock Solid Show. I am at Pat underscore Francis. Uh, Kyle is at Kyle Dotson Funny. 
And uh, thank you, Christine, for doing this again. Thank you. I can't wait to figure out what our next topic is. And this is a cover of a Pete Townsend song. I've played it on here before. This is Let My Love Open the Door. But it's done by Roger Daltrey. Oh. But it's a, it's, it's a great version. It's really great. And I huh. hope you like it. All right. And this was, uh, you can buy this on iTunes only, I think, and all the money goes to their Teenage Cancer Front Fund uh, Trust. Nice. They raise a ton of money for that. But uh, I, I love this song and this version. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. When people keep repeating that you'll never fall in love, when everybody keeps retreating, but you can't seem to get enough. Let my love open the door. Let my love open the door. Let my love open the door to your heart. It's all.